Focus. Focus up. All right, welcome. My name is Chris Rubio, and for Nick Monahan, welcome to the show. On today's Rubio Method, we will be covering clothing, cameras, bad food, movies, relatives, and balance. All of that and much, much more on the Rubio Method. Big T, let it rain. Focus. Focus up. Monahan, at some point, I'm going to get that. Right now, usually, Monahan, we usually go right into website questions. But I have been asked by my doctor to tell a story. And I normally don't like to take too much advice from others. You know, it's kind of my type A thing. and I'm a little overbearing, but I said I will do it. So, Monahan, are you ready for a quick story about my doctor? Man, I've heard the SparkNote version. This story is hilarious. Please give the people what they want. <laughs> okay, so in January, I go for my yearly physical, for my insurance, all that good stuff. I know my doctor very, very well. He's a great, great guy. We're going through the whole rigmarole, blood pressure, all that good stuff. And then finally, towards the end of our appointment, it's a little silent. It's a little quiet. It was almost like we're on a date, you know, and we weren't on a date, obviously, but it was one of those where everything got silenced and you could tell, uh-oh. Something's happening. And he looks at me and I'm looking at him. And then all of a sudden we make eye contact and he kind of does one of those. And I go, Oh no, no. And he goes, and so he's going to look at me. He goes, and I said, hmm? he goes, no, 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 not yet. Not yet. <laughs> he goes, not old enough. He goes, but insurance has adjusted. Ruby, I'd really like you to go get a colonoscopy. And I go, hey, man, that's no. And he goes, no, 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 it's the camera. He goes, I need you to go do it. It's good for your own health. But once it's clear, you don't have to do it for another 10 years. I said, oh, man. He goes, and, and I want you to tell the story on your show after. Because middle-aged men like yourself really, really need to understand the whole process. And he goes, you can obviously tell a story, so let's do it. I say, all right, man. So the process is this. <laughs> you used to have to drink like a gallon of just trash liquid. And for those that don't know, colonoscopy is basically a camera's going where it shouldn't go to film everything that it needs to film. And it just kind of has to happen. Redhead middle age. But they have to clear out, let's say, the runway. And so they used to drink this liquid. And I guess it's just bad, bad, bad. But now they have these pills, which are great, great, great. So the whole thing is about... 12 hours before you go in for the, the procedure, we'll say, you have to start taking these pills. The day before, morning, you have a light breakfast. And then I was planning on like 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, eating something a little bit bigger because I knew I wasn't going to be able to eat until 7 a.m. All right. So about 2 o'clock, I'm getting kind of hungry. I'm about to start eating. I get a phone call from the nurse. Hey, Rubio. You know, small town. Hey, Rubio, just making sure you're all prepped and ready for tomorrow. I go, yeah, I'm thrilled. So excited about this. Wonderful. She starts <laughs> laughing. She goes, you're on, you're on clear liquids, right? I go, well, I, yeah, I guess I haven't eaten anything since breakfast, but I'm about to eat some. She goes, no, 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 man. You're on clear liquids from now on. And I go, hey, man, I, I'm starving. She goes, you lose. It's clear liquids from now until after the, the, the procedure at 7 a.m. So immediately I start to sweat and I'm pissed off because I'm already hungry. Now that I know that I can't eat, I'm getting hungrier by the second. So I'm already pissed off. 6 p.m. rolls around. 
I take 12 pills over like a 30 minute span. Each pill is like the size of your pinky. So that was pretty, not a great thing. You start drinking them, drinking them down. And I'm ready for all hell to break loose here. Literally nothing happens. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. And my family's not happy about this. They literally told me, Rubio, you need to go get a hotel. I go, I'm not getting a hotel. This is my house too. My 10 year old said, why don't you just get like a home Depot bucket and go in the backyard? I go, I'm not doing that. So by about 8 PM, all of a sudden there's rumbling down South. And it's, boom, you're going to the bathroom. So from 8 to probably 10, let's just say five issues occurred. And when they occur, you have to be near the toilet or it's, you're, you're done. I mean, it's, you don't, you, just trust me, don't go far. Don't even go upstairs, downstairs. So at 11 p.m., I have to take second dose, 12 more pills. 11 p.m. comes around. I take them, 11.15, 11.30. Oh, good God. From 12 to 3 you are just, let's say, getting rid of anything you've eaten for the past month. And it's coming out like, oh, God, imagine like a fire hose on steroids. That's exactly what was happening. So you get like three hours of sleep. I did at least because you, you can't fall asleep because you'll issues will occur. Let's just say that. So I, I live in a small town. Like I've said before, my wife takes me to the appointment. And of course, as I'm walking in. One of the nurses is like, hey, Rubio, what's going on? And it's like the walk of shame. I feel like God. So, hey, how's it going? Yeah, th- th- yeah, this is about to happen. <laughs> so I go in. They give me the gown, all this stuff. And the gown would have been great because you're, you're butt naked except for this gown. And the gown would have been phenomenal for me at age five. <laughs> I mean, it's barely going past like belly button and other areas. And she kind of walks in after the nerve. Oh, you need a bigger gown? Yeah, man, I'm, a, I'm an adult male. Let's go. Give me the full adult size. And I'm not petite. I need the double X. Let's go. So the rest is still going with the procedure. I'm laying down. They're doing the IV. They wheel me into this other room, the surgery room. And there's, there's um, TVs all over the place. And you can see one where it's got like this submarine kind of camera vision. And I'm starting to get a little bit nervous. Like, okay, we've got it. This is it. This is this is game time right now. And then you look over and you see the camera. And it's like on the end of a garden hose. And the garden hose is probably thinner than my pinky. And I'm starting to get really nervous now because I see the garden hose. And it's not that long. But then I start to see notches. Zero, five, ten. 15 goes up to like 45 or 50 and I'm looking and I'm about to say to the nurse, Hey man, this is a rookie. This is my first timer. I don't think we need to extend all the way to the 45, 50 mark here. How far is this thing really going in? But I didn't say anything. I was calm. The, the, the uh, anesthesia, guy, the anesthesia guy comes in, says, all right, I'm going to give you something. You're going to start feeling some warmth in your arm and shoulder. No problem. He goes, roll over like this after he does it. And I roll over my side and all of a sudden, the next thing, the lady taps goes, okay, you're done. I go, what the, I literally out loud, I go, what the hell are you talking about? I just turned over. She goes, it's been 45 minutes, man. You're done. I go, that's it. She goes, that's it. They wheel me back into the room. They show me the pictures of the canyon. I don't know what you'd call it. I'm not even sure what was happening. They said, all is clear. You're free to go. So to all my middle-aged men, it, seriously. It ain't that bad. <laughs> Monahan, <laughs> let's go with some website questions. Man, I don't know if I can. <laughs> Dude, great story. Love it. It's true. I guess from what I hear, it's not that bad. <laughs> um, let's do it. it. We that got That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Rubio, this is from Phil from Las Vegas. Rubio Monahan, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? 
Um, for me, I'm going to go with a, a manatee. They're nice and chill. They kind of just, their biggest enemy, I think, is like a boat prop because they're literally just too lazy to move. I'm in for their, I'm in for their lifestyle where they just, they're relaxing. Mon- Easy does it. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think mine, man, I would either be, I think I'd be a monkey just because I'm high energy all over the place. And it's just, my life is bananas. So <laughs> I would be a monkey. That would be me. <laughs> Great question, Phil. Okay. Number two, number two comes from Lenore from Seattle. Uh, people are always asking you guys about food. So I have to know what foods do you hate? Rubio, I'm going to take this one first. I don't know what it is. I've tried a million times, but I love Chinese food, Mexican food, Italian, whatever it is. Uh, I do not really enjoy Indian food. Indian food really just, I don't know if it's the curry or what, but it really, oh man, I, it's not my thing. Do not like it. Okay. I'm going to go with, a lot of people in the South are going to hate me on this one. I cannot stand shredded meat shredded anything like that. I don't want to floss while I'm eating. I think it's disgusting. Number two, I hate olives. To me, when I look at a black olive and I eat it, it feels like I'm, I'm chewing on Shamu because it's salty, black, <laughs> and rubbery. Like if I chewed on Shamu, that's exactly what it would taste. And the last one, I, I don't like cucumbers just because they, they take up, they, they dominate whatever you're eating. All that too much crunch. It bothers me. I'm with it. I also do not like olives, so I'm with you. Um, all right, number three, uh, this one. Let's see. Since you guys spoke about uh, social media last episode, what is your opinion on Elon Musk buying Twitter? I'm all for it. I, I think it's a great move. He's obviously super, super intelligent. He's uh, done a great job with um, taking people out in space, doing all that. Um, obviously, Tesla's a phenomenal company. And I'm all about hearing everybody. I know the whole free spe- freedom of speech thing is the big issue right now. I want to hear everyone. I want to hear the smart people. I want to hear the dumb people. I want to hear intellects. I want to hear morons. I want to hear people that I agree with. And I want to hear people that I do not agree with simply because a lot of times they'll just end up proving my point. I like to hear everybody. On end. Yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. I'm excited. I think honestly, I hate Twitter right now. I think it's so boring. <laughs> um, so I'm excited. I want him to spice things up, and I, I can't wait to see. I mean, if he does as good a job as he did with uh, Tesla, I think he's going to crush it on Twitter. So stoke levels are high. <laughs> last question. Last question. Terry from Texas, old TC. I know exactly who we're talking about here. Um, he says Rubio, Nick. I'm sure you both have favorite songs. Those aside, what is one song that is an instant stop, must finish, that takes you to a specific place in time? Um, I'm going to handle this one first. TC from Texas, Terry, I love My Way by Frank Sinatra. It is literally my favorite song of all time. Um, When we were in college, my dad used to go out with us, which is a wild scene. Um, but when you're in Columbia, Missouri, beers are like 30 cents. So he'd buy everybody's round and we'd come back to my house and just blast Frank Sinatra and rip cigars. So that, that I have to listen to it the whole way through. That's a phenomenal story. I would say, uh, Michael Bublé feeling good. Love that song. Ooh. Reminds me of my wedding. Um, it's such, such, such good times. This was a phenomenal segment. I hope everyone enjoyed the story of my pain and misery, but seriously, it wasn't that bad. Big T, let it rain. 
Here's to the straggly ones. The first ones. But hey, I look good with this ones. The black, brown, red, and gray ones. The itchy ones. The ones grown by dad. The ones grown for dad. Yeah, nearly didn't do it this year ones. And the absolutely filthy ones. They all raise awareness, raise funds, start conversations, and save lives. Because whatever you grow will save a bro. Learn more at Movember.com. What do you think you're doing, Kevin? I was just going to drive home. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, there are several warning signs present that you shouldn't be driving. Like hearing voices? Like your text to emoji ratio? Oh, man. A selfie. <laughs> selfie. Nailed it. We all have warning signs that let us know that we're probably not okay to drive. Mine is pretending to be your subconscious. Craig, come on, man. Let's put a ride home. Focus. Focus up. Monahan, I, I'm going to get through that one time being stern and serious the entire time. I know I can do it. But until that point, let's talk about our guest. Our guest was so fantastic. He's a great businessman. He's a great human being all around. We want to welcome Darren Utnick. U-T-Y-N-E-K. I see, I know how to spell it, Darren. He is currently the CEO of Bernie's Book Bank in Chicago. Before Bernie's, he was the COO of the American Red Cross of Northern Illinois. Before the Red Cross, he was the YMCA as the Senior Director of Risk Management. Graduated from the University of Wisconsin La Crosse. He and his family live in Wilmette, Illinois. Darren, welcome to the show. Thanks for opening your day for us. Pleasure to be here, guys. This is uh, this is exciting. The show's been great. I've been catching it. Uh, the intro, though, like I, I I don't know, following up colonoscopies and you know Monahan ripping cigars with his dad and listening to Frank Sinatra. I, we should just call it a show. Uh, yeah, I'll take things you thought you would ever say is following up a colonoscopy. <laughs> All right, we got three quick questions for you, Darren. Just answer right off the cuff. Let's see what we go. Living or dead, who is your wackiest relative and why? Living or dead? I um, I have a aunt who passed away, uh, and she is by far the wackiest. She was the most inappropriate. Um, she was about yes. five foot two. She would scare the hell out of both of you two and probably have enough left over to beat me up. Um, and she was great, but she was, she was a handful. And, and we always used to joke when we were dating somebody, if you ever brought Aunt Linda around and she passed the test, you knew you had the right one. I love that. I had an Aunt Donna. She wasn't as scared, but she was the wackiest, wackiest person ever. She would be teaching. She was a teacher forever for uh, first graders. That tells you her patience level right there. And you'd find like just paychecks where she never even cashed them or never deposited them in her purse. And she used to, one time I, she was eating oatmeal and I saw her do this. She was hiding a pill in her own oatmeal. I go, Antonna, what are you doing? She goes, I don't want to know I'm taking the pill. I go, you literally just put it in there yourself. How can you confuse yourself? But this is this is my Antonna. So next question. <laughs> Star Wars. Remember the Titans, Wedding Crashers, Shawshank Redemption, A League of Their Own, Major League, and Heat. These are all movies that you said you love. Choose one for the rest of your life and why. Well, that's not fair, but... Um, <laughs> wow. I'm going to go. Oh yeah, daddy. I'm a, 
I'm a Star Wars guy. And so okay. oh, so yeah, like yeah, if I'm going to loop it on the reel, I guess that's the one I'm going to have to to ride with. But that's well, you're really putting me on the spot. Those are those that those are my jams right there. This is the warm-ups. We're getting going. All right. You thought you thought that last question. Where do you get this one? Ready for this? Who would win in a fight? Me or Monahan and why? Oh, that's an easy one. Rubio, you're you're taking him down because Monahan's gonna giggle and he's gonna start <laughs> like th- you know, he's gonna he's gonna come on and he's gonna get kind of Canadian, you know, Minnesota going in him. And he's going to talk it through. <laughs> and by that time, and that you've, you've already got him on the ropes. <laughs> we we I would agree with this question before, and we both agree that I would win simply because my head be too nice. Number one, he would start laughing, and I would just go straight, you know, just prison rules, leading with my head. God knows what's going to happen. <laughs> right, right. That's absolutely one hundred percent accurate. One hundred percent. All right, so let's get down to the meat and potatoes. Bring it down for me like I'm a third grader, Darren. What do you do? Yeah, so you guys are both successful gentlemen, and I would argue that your foundation of success, no matter what you do in this country, is based off your literacy foundation. Uh, You can't find me a job where literacy isn't the base of that skill set. And that's what we do. We provide books to underserved children all throughout Chicagoland so that they can have their literacy base in place so that their journey can take them to whatever success levels they want to go. Um, We have a literacy crisis in this country. It's well known and it's well documented. I can give you plenty of stats, but the the one that I always give out is, you know, in the, the communities we serve, there's usually one book for every 300 students. And in affluent communities, there's usually 13 books for every one student. And so we want to flip that. And that's when I talk to people, that's usually what I say is there's so many things in the world that we can work on, but this is a solvable one, right? This isn't right now where we don't know the solution. We do know the solution. And the solution is providing more books to these children and building that that literacy foundation so that they can go on and do great things. We often say, you know, if the cure for cancer is sitting dormant in a child's brain on the south side of Chicago or the west side of Chicago or in Waukegan, Illinois, don't you want that to be expanded upon and given the chance to really blossom? And and that's what we're doing. And so we distribute about 3 million books annually across Chicagoland, and we've got goals to go nationally and do the same thing and replicate. That's that's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, yeah, if you guys will obviously have the website up there, birdiesbookbank.org. It's unbelievable. Monahan and myself have been there several times, and we I am more and more amazed every time I go, and just with the simple stats that are, are just incredible, like that one in 300 to one in 13, and then how many books they distribute. It's an unbelievable organization. In your opinion, Darren, what is a perfect work-slash-life balance? I think I think that's a really good question and one that I, I I kind of find comical that all these people have come up with these, you know, here's the here's the breakdown and here's how you have to do it. You know, I think it depends on person to person. It really, because some people, their work is their pleasure. 
Um, you know, and so how are you going to tell somebody that that's not the right balance for them? If they really enjoy it, I love what I do. You know, some people may argue I don't work for a living because I love it. And I think so to find that work-life balance, it, to me, it's, it's something that each person has to kind of look to. I think it's interesting in my position with a leadership role on, on our team is trying to figure that out for everyone and trying to find that balance. Because like I said, no two people are the same. And some people, you know, you have to back them down a little bit because they're working too much. And others, you got to kind of, okay, let's get it going. Let's push it forward. But, you know, to me, there's not a, a perfect equation for anyone. And I think that's part of the joy of us as, as humans, right? I tell people all the time, we're just big, dumb animals. And you have to, you know, figure it out what works for you what works for your family, if you have a partner, right? If you have children, all those dynamics change. And that's the other fun thing about it. Mine, my work-life balance was way different before I had my son. And now that's changed. And when I got married and, and all these things that happen, these huge life events, they change and you have to be willing to change with them so that you can find your sanity in there and, you know, figure out what works for you. I think it's also good to talk to people. You know, I've, I've listened to your show and I, I really appreciate the way you've said, you know, communication is the key. And a lot of us men don't do that, but I think it's good to communicate to one another and, and, and see what else is out there. See what other pastimes you like, see how people are doing their work differently and, and, and learn from it. I, I was going to say you, you, you cut me off because you have obviously been watching the show because you're talking about the same things we're talking about. And, you know, talk to other people. It's okay not to agree with everyone. Communication is key. And also realize that not everyone is the same. Not being the same as someone is okay. And as you want to share your life with someone also, don't forget to share all this podcast on YouTube, Amazon, Google, Spotify, and all that other good stuff. Um, but Darren, you hit the home run on that one. That was phenomenal. Monahan, you got a question for him? Yeah, I do. Um, first off, real slick slide in there, Rubio, with watching the show. I love that. Smooth as a limousine, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Darren, a quick question. How do you deal with the grind, right? Because being a CEO is a grind. You know, you're leading other people. How do you deal with the grind of professional advancement, especially, this is the key one, when it's not going your way? I think it, it kind of goes, you know, the, the past two years have been interesting, right? So um, I love listening to other leaders and I love kind of talking about it because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. We're, we're all dealing with the same issues on some level. And the pandemic really, I think, brought that to light because a lot of times people look at it and they say, oh, you're a nonprofit leader. You're not, you know, the, the, you know, Jeff Bezos leading Amazon. But in, in reality, we're all dealing with the same kind of issues. And it's, you know, how do you motivate your team? How do you build the right culture? How do you get people motivated to stay motivated? And truly, the, the pandemic has really made that an interesting battle because there's, there's things, there's no playbook for this and there's no way to, to go about it. You know, I, Jim Phillips used to be the athletic director of Northwestern and now he's the commissioner of the ACC. And I had a chance to speak with him and 
you know, it was early on in the pandemic and, and, you know, he's trying to get a football season off the ground. And he said, you know, there's nobody ever told me how to look somebody in the eye and tell them not to be scared that they're not going to catch a deadly virus. When I signed up for this job, he's like, this was not part of the gig. And and that's what he was having to do. And he and I were just kind of talking about different ways that we motivated our team and, and ways he motivated his team. And, and I love using that example because, you know, in our business life, he and I don't have a lot in common as far as what we're doing on a day-to-day basis. But to your question of motivating people and, and teams, he and I are philosophically so aligned that we could steal from each other. And I did. And I hope he gleaned some information from, from me as well. Um, so it's a probably a, a long-winded way of answering a pretty straightforward question. But I think the last two years have changed kind of my thought process even more when it comes to how do we motivate people? How do we, you know, provide good work-life balance? All of those things that we've already talked about today in the, in the, in this podcast kind of come together because it really was a different lens that we all had to look through these past two years. Darren, you're going to hate me for this next question, but I have to ask, which do you like more? The Patrick Manley Award or Walk as One Chicago? <laughs> um, well, let's see how good of a politician I am on this one. I'm wearing the Walk as One uh, gear uh, because my Patrick Manley gear is dirty. Uh, but they're both okay. phenomenal um events for us. And uh, the reason I like it is because the partnerships that we built were born out of just good people coming together and having good discussion and debate. And, you know, Rubio, you, you said something earlier that I think is, is critical is um, we have to, as a society, get back to having debates and agreeing to disagree sometimes and to push each other to get better. And, I'll use the the Patrick Manley award as a great example of that, where, um, you know, we all came together on that. We didn't all have the same ideas initially, um, but through discussion and some good heated debate at times, I'm real proud of that award. Uh, I'll put that award up against the Heisman any day of the week. We actually go head to head, usually the same night. So for everybody listening, flip over from the Heisman and, and check out the Patrick Manley. You won't be disappointed. Um, but I think those are, are great events that just demonstrate what Bernie's book bank and, you know, we're all about, which is understanding missions and understanding goals and working with individuals that may or may not share those same feelings to get the best result at the end of the day. How's that for some quick that was some good, real good. <laughs> I want you to go into a little bit more of what is Walk Is One Chicago because I think it's such a phenomenal thing. Obviously, the Patrick Manley Award is phenomenal. You mentioned some other award. I don't. Even, I don't think I've ever heard of the Heisman, but the Patrick Manley Award for the top <laughs> college log snapper. But I want you to talk about Walk Is One Chicago as well because I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. So we partnered with a gentleman named David Kaplan, who I jokingly say is the hardest working man in show business. He's host ESPN 1000's morning drive show. He works for NBC Sports Chicago. He hosts a show, a nightly show called Unfiltered on NBC Sports. Uh, so he's a well-known, he's in the, he's in the Illinois 
Broadcasting Hall of Fame. And he jokingly said during the pandemic, you know, he's a Cubs fan, lifelong Cubs fan. And he said, it's stupid that I can't root for the White Sox and not take heat for it. You know, we need to unite Chicago. Everything sucks in the world right now. The pandemic sucks. The weather sucks. Blah, blah, blah. And he said, I'm done. I'm going to support the White Sox. And he got killed for it. Just killed for it on the radio. And the next day he came on and he said, you know what? I'm going to do something. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to unite Chicago. I'll walk home from the studios about 29 miles. And he said it on air. And you guys know if you say it on air, you can't grab it back. Like it's out in the ether. It's, it's gone. And so people said, okay, walk 29 miles. And he said, if I do this, I want to do it with a purpose. And he said, what if we partnered with a nonprofit like Bernie's book bank to raise awareness for them and funds? So he called me on September 3rd, 2020. And he said, I want to do this on September 29th. What do you think? I can't say no. So we said, let's do it. And so he and I, the first year with two other people, walked 29 miles from downtown Chicago to Highland Park, Illinois, uh, and raised funds. And then now we're on year three. Uh, we This year, it's going to be awesome. I'll give you guys a little sneak peek. This isn't having been um, announced yet. So, Monty, you're going to love this. This is a scoop, let's right? Um, we're partnering with the Chicago White Sox, and we will start – at the, their field, go 20 plus miles, come back, and then Cap and I are going to throw out the first pitch. What? That's unreal. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be huge. Um, and we want to grow this. We want, we see this as another signature event for Bernie's Book Bank. Uh, but, you know, we put it right up there. We've got a few signature events, the Patrick Manley and, and Walk is one now. Uh, ESPN 1000 and Good Karma Brands has been an amazing partner of ours. And, you know, there's no reason why we can't grow this thing to be huge. And at the end of the day, it benefits both of our missions. And, you know, last thing I will say is one of the reasons why I was drawn to Bernie's Book Bank is I wanted to find a nonprofit that didn't think like a nonprofit. We need to think like businesses in the nonprofit space. And Rubio, uh, one of the reasons I've always enjoyed our friendship is your thought process as well. You've built a company. You know what it's like to build a company. And we look to be partners with everybody. And that's why we partnered with the Patrick Manley Award. We didn't want to just open up our hands and say, we're the charity. You know, how much money can you raise for it? We said, what are your goals for the Patrick Manley Award? How can we help you get there? Here's what we would like to get out of it. And then, like I said before, in those conversations, both of our boats should rise and we should both have our mission met at the end of the day. And the walk is the same thing as the Patrick Manley Award. We want their goals to be met as long as with ours. So um, thank you for that opportunity to speak more on it. It's a really exciting event. And I'm expecting both of you guys to walk with us this year, about 20 miles. If you need someone to take uh, pictures, I'll do it. Level, but I think we can do it. We can do it. We can do it, Matt Monahan. We can make make it happen. Maybe we'll film an episode out in Chicago. Hey, I like there that. There you one. go. Yeah. Let's I'm thinking, go. I'm thinking. Yeah. Aaron, you are absolutely place. phenomenal. Uh, everyone, make sure you go check out berniesbookbank.org. They are doing absolutely incredible things. Obviously, you're going to want to share all that information on our, our podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, therubiomethod.com, and Google more are coming. 
That was a great, great interview, Darren. We really, really appreciate it. Big T, let it ring. Here you go. Thank you. Thank you. This is what too much sounds like. This is what stress feels like. And this is what help feels like. If you've lost a job, worry about your next meal, or have trouble making it through the day, we can help. Text STRESS to 211211 to find a solution. Focus. Focus up. All right, we're back on the Rubio Method. That was a phenomenal, phenomenal interview. Monahan, what did you think, man? I I thought it was absolutely great. Darren is a beauty. That was a fantastic interview. I knew he would bring the heat and the passion. It's really cool to hear about uh, Walk is One Chicago and, you know, the Mally Award. I think that's going to be really cool. We should do a show in Chicago. That'd be awesome. Yeah, we're, we're going to make that happen. I wrote a lot of things down. We'll definitely put it out on social media of what he was saying because he had some great, I don't want to say one-liners because it kind of diminishes them, but he had some great key points and he just, he crushed it, man. Monahan, you ready for the bottom line, my man? Give them to me, baby. Let's go. All right. This final segment is called the bottom line. It's a black and white segment, just like how I think about everything in life. A lot of times it gets me in trouble. Fun little fact. Monahan yelled at me like two days ago because I was being too much of a bottom line guy. And I was texting him, texting him, texting him. He's like, finally text me back. Rubio, he gives me this long soliloquy of a text. You got to chill a little. Uh, Not everyone's on your page. You know, a little basically, a little bit more fluff, not as much concrete. And I was like, my bad, Monahan. I apologize. So Monahan, in front of everyone, I apologize again. But let's get to the bottom line. Number one, most of the time, the anticipation is worse than the act. I think my colonoscopy story kind of nailed that one. And I was so nervous about it, so nervous about it. Don't get me wrong. The pre, um, I don't want to say exiting, was pretty bad. But if that's the worst case scenario, it, it was fine. So like I said, for my doctor, dudes, go get it done if you have to get it done. Number two, Monhead, I'm going to let you answer this one first. Balance is a major key to your life. Yes. Balance is huge. The yin and the yang. You got to mind your mentals and you got to take make sure that you're balancing, uh, just like Darren said, right? The, the work, the grind, but also enjoy yourself, man. Life's too short. And a good thing that Darren said as well is your balancing of work in life, home life, it's not going to be the same as mine or Monahan's. Everyone is different. That's okay. Some people need way more family time. Some people need more work time. It's going to be a, a big balancing act. And that's the, the thing is when you're balancing on this teeter-totter, you're moving down. I mean, you're always moving. It's almost not even like a teeter-totter. It's like one of those dudes that is on the lake and you're going on the, uh, with those logs. 
You got to keep balance. Yeah. You got to keep balance, but it's all going down the river. So your life keeps moving. So where you are at age 22 is not going to be the same. You're at 32, 42 or 52. That's a big thing right there. Number three, listen to everyone since they might even prove your point. Darren talked about this great, a great, great way when he said, sometimes we need to agree to disagree. We need to be able to get into the ring, the Mad Max ring and two men enter, one man leave, or just maybe, you know, it's also, it's okay to debate. And I think that's a big thing. What are you, what's your thoughts, Monahan? I agree. I agree 100%. It is all love. Make sure that it is, hey, you're going to debate. That's cool. You know, just like you said with your, we had a text, that's two men. We go at it. Men go at it sometimes, but it doesn't mean that we don't love each other. It's that like, you know, you're, you're too good to listen to someone else because they might, uh, they might prove your point for you. That, that wraps up a phenomenal sixth episode of the Rubio Method. Make sure you share it on YouTube, Amazon, Google, Spotify, obviously ngbn.tv, therubiomethod.com. Keep shooting us those questions. If you have any, email them, rubio at therubiomethod.com. That's a wrap. Big T, let it rain.